Our second lesson is 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, beginning with the first verse. The Apostle Paul writes, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day who are not of the night or of darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. This morning, we are going to meditate on hope. Not just any kind of hope, not the kind of hope that you get everything done you want to get done between now and Christmas, but the hope that we share in Christ as disciples of Jesus. And we need to make sure that we're not confusing this Christian hope, this hope that we have in Him, with something else called optimism, because they are not the same hope and optimism. Uh, Some of you know this because you've studied philosophy. There is a whole philosophical system that's built upon the philosophy of optimism. And basically, in its uh, distillate form, the philosophy of optimism says this world is the best of all possible worlds. Did you know that was a philosophy? Uh, Most of us don't think of hope as something a philosopher thinks on but as an attitude, right? It's a personal mindset. The optimist emphasizes the positive aspect of every situation. Those who are optimistic always look on the bright side. Uh, Perhaps you heard the joke about the optimism of the lobsters in the chef's kitchen on board Titanic. Uh, To most The sinking of the great ship was a tragedy, especially the passengers and the crew. But the lobsters were very optimistic once Titanic hit the iceberg. In fact, it was a miracle to them. So it all depends on who you are and what's going on for you to be optimistic or pessimistic. And there's nothing inherently wrong with being optimistic. I'd rather be with optimists any day than with a bunch of pessimists. But I have to tell you that um, optimism isn't everything it's cracked up to be. Um, I have some friends who are atheists. I'm working on them. But they are optimistic that their belief that there is no God is true, but their optimism won't help them on Judgment Day. And just as long as we're being honest, uh, I was optimistic that having had my car broken into six times as a resident of Albuquerque, three times here at the church parking lot, and three times at the 
parking lot of Presbyterian Hospital when I was making calls on fellow members. I was optimistic that my club on the steering wheel would prevent anyone from breaking in my car again. But this last Tuesday night, my car was broken into. They tried to take apart the club. They didn't succeed. So now I'm pessimistic that the club will help my car stay safe. You see, optimism and pessimism, they move back and forth. It all depends. Winston Churchill said a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity and an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Oscar Wilde used humor to talk about these things. He said, between the optimist and pessimist, the difference is rather droll. The optimist sees the donut, the pessimist sees the whole. But here's how optimism is defined in our language. A disposition or tendency to look on the more favorable side of events or conditions and to expect the most favorable outcome. And this is right where we see the difference between human optimism and Christian hope. Because our hope in Christ is not based on our disposition at a given moment. Our hope in Christ is not based on our ability to always look on the bright side of things. As people of faith, we are people of Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And sometimes the truth of a situation is anything but favorable, this side of heaven. Even Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me as he hung on the cross? Was he guilty of being a pessimist? No, he was simply telling the truth. He was forsaken for you and me because he was carrying our sins on that cross. So Christian hope is not a disposition based on our tendencies. Our hope is a confidence that God is God. No matter how good or bad things may be or may appear to be to us at any given moment. Hope is not based on your tendencies or mine, which can be downright simple. But hope is based on God's truth and God's promise. So much so that the Apostle Paul could teach us in his letter that our hope brings us to faith, not fear. Concerning the times and the seasons, Paul wrote, you don't need to have anything written to you. You know that the Lord will come like a thief in the night. There are many members in our congregation, young and old, who think that these are fearful times and the Lord is surely coming soon because, to quote one of them, how could things get any worse? Do you remember Isaac Newton? Isaac Newton is remembered in our history books primarily for his contributions to science and mathematics and that apple that fell on his head leading him to contemplate, hmm, could there be, I don't know, gravity? But Newton also predicted the world would end in the year 2060. And if he's right, that gives us 43 years, and that's not too bad depending on your age. But maybe Isaac Newton should have stuck with science and mathematics 
and not eschatology. Because the word of God tells us that Isaac cannot know and does not know when Christ will come again. And many of us have been around long enough to see all the doomsday predictions come and go. And lots of money made by those willing to take advantage of the fearful and the ignorant. I didn't say stupid. I said the ignorant. And people don't like to talk about it anymore. I'll talk about it. Chuck Smith, who founded the whole Calvary, Calvary Chapel movement published a book called End Times where he predicted that the world would end and Christ would return no later than 1981. That's 36 years ago. A movement, a church body that claims to preach and teach the true word of God, and there was Chuck Smith making a prediction. Some of you know of the British astrophysicist. They published a book called The Jupiter Effect. Don't have time to go into detail, but... They made people afraid. They predicted that by an alignment of the planets in our solar system, everything would fall apart in 1982, specifically on March 10th of 1982. On March 11th, they started writing a second book called The Jupiter Effect Reconsidered. (laughs) And people started buying it. Can you imagine that? Using their hard-earned money... Christ has promised to come again. And this is nothing for us to fear. And even in times like these, he asks us to be people of hope and not people of fear. And his return will be a blessing. The world will be made new. Listen to the promise from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth I saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. All those first things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. See, this is a good promise. This is a holy promise. This is the hope that is ours in Christ. Faith doesn't mean that we're blind to all the trouble around us. Hope doesn't mean that we ignore all the brokenness of our community and the world around us. But faith means that we don't live fearfully. We certainly don't fear the future because it belongs to Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and he will have the final word. Not the terrorists, not the snipers, not disease, and a rising crime rate in our city cannot steal the hope that is ours in Christ. The Apostle Paul said it again, this time in Romans chapter 14. If we're Christian, we don't live to ourselves, we don't die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. And because we belong to him, because we're people of hope, Christian hope, Paul reminds us that we can be people of light instead of people of darkness. I want you to think about Darkness. Even those of you who brag about your great night vision, take away the headlamp, take away the shining stars, take away the full moon. Have you ever been in a cave without a light? It's dark. 
Darkness hides things. Paul says that as Christians, we live in the light where nothing is hidden, where nothing can be obscured. But if you use this imagery, it reminds us that some people fear the light of God's presence because the light, you see, means that things are going to be exposed. And that's why some prefer darkness. Like a small child hoping that mom or dad won't catch them. Hoping that in the darkness they won't be caught or held accountable or made responsible for their behavior. See, our hope as Christians is not the hope of a child that we won't get caught. Our hope is that by living in Christ, by the power of Christ, we can live in such a way that our lives are transparent. We renounce lying. We, 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 we cast off gossiping. We want to live in such a way that the light exposes us to be people who seek the mind of Christ. Mark Twain once said that every person is a moon who has a dark side he never shows anyone. Well, that might be true in terms of human vision, but God sees both sides of the moon. There is no dark side of the moon to God, and there is no dark side of our lives that we can hide from Him. And then there are some who think, well, I hear about this light and this hope and this love. But my sin is too great. My rebellion went too far. Uh, my bad decision was too severe. And they think that the light of God's love cannot penetrate the darkness of their past or their present. And you see, God's love is brighter and more powerful than the darkness of your sin and my own. This God who sees all knows who we are, what we've done, what we're doing, where we've been, and this is why we call His grace amazing. He still loves us. Doesn't like what we do, but loves us. And that's why Paul could say to people of Thessalonica that we are people who have a hope of salvation even as we know the wrath of God who hates sin. Some may say I'm beyond God's grace. My sins are too great. My past is too wicked. But the word of God declares this not to be so. We have hope because of the gift of salvation, a gift of salvation, unearned, a gift of salvation, salvation being saved, saved from sin, saved from death, saved from our past. Yes, saved from God's wrath, because the God who judges us is the same God who decided to die in our place, guilty of sin, one and all. Now, in this 500th year, of celebrating the Reformation. I want to share with you some words from Martin Luther who reflected on what he saw in Acts, the book of Acts chapter 15, where Paul and Barnabas split up and go their separate ways. And this is how Luther, almost 500 years ago, reflected on this broken friendship. Listen. It appears here 
that either Paul or Barnabas went too far. It must have been a violent disagreement to separate two associates who were so closely united. This is written for our consolation. It is a great comfort to us to hear that great saints who have the Spirit of God also struggle. Those who say that saints do not sin would deprive us of this comfort. Samson, David, and many other men full of the Holy Spirit fell into grievous sin. Job and Jeremiah cursed the day of their birth. Elijah and Jonah were weary of life, so weary they desired death. And listen to these words from Luther. No one has ever fallen so grievously that he may not rise again. Conversely, no one stands so firmly that he may not fall. If Peter and Paul and Barnabas fell, I too may fall. But if they rose again, I too may rise again. And you see, that's hope, not optimism. This hope is a gift for us to enjoy and by which to be blessed. It is a gift to be shared, as Paul reminds us, to encourage one another and build each other up. The world's great at tearing people down. We're in the business of building one another up and picking one another up when we fall. If you've got some optimists in your life, well, good for you. I could use a few more. And if you're not burdened with too many pessimists, well, good for you. But last night at the Saturday service, I was talking with some of our members after worship, and one guy said, oh, this is a great day. This is a great day. I said, why? Because my kids and grandkids and their stupid dog are finally going home. (laughs) That dog chews up everything. You know, he only wants to spend time with his loved ones for a short while, and he's really glad that they're heading back home. Well, the God of grace... wants you to spend eternity with him. (laughs) And I bet you've got some things that annoy the people around you. Just ask them. And I don't know anyone but Kirsten that would want me to live with them more than a Thanksgiving weekend. But God wants you to spend eternity with him. The God who created you, who loves you, and sent Jesus to die for you so you could live with him forever. That ain't optimism. That's hope. And that's God's promise. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.